When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Louie. Hey, I'm alive. <laughs> I see that. How you doing, man? Ah, pretty good. It was really busy with Schmozer North and um and the round one for Schmodown <clears throat> for the tournament. It's almost oh, like okay. three recordings a week, so but uh it's died down, so I'm back. <laughs> it's good to have you back, man. I do have to say your absence was definitely felt. <laughs> so uh, uh, every show needs a bit of a French guy, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so all right. I just want to say uh, welcome like, back, man. It's it's great. <laughs> thank you. Just giving you an FYI, uh, I do hear myself as an echo uh, slightly. Just letting you know. Oh. Okay, it's fine. Uh, let me see. What about now? Testing. Yeah, a lot better. A lot better. Okay. All right, so let's go on ahead and talk about some of the topics that we have for tonight. Before I actually get into tonight's topics, I just want to say, too, we actually have a movie website now for Movie Loves Unite. It's called MovieLovesUnite.com. You guys can go on ahead and check that out. We also have a place where you can actually donate towards the show. That's just to keep the lights on at Movie Loves Unite. That's actually called BuyMeACoffee.com slash Movie Lovers. And you guys can go on ahead and check that out later on. So, but further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the topic. So, we have Tenant that's actually has a 6.7 million on the second weekend. We have the Machine AI Largo that chooses Henry Cavill as the next James Bond. Then Jonathan Majors lands major role for Ant-Man 3. And we're also going to have a little bit of a debate tonight about should we keep Disney Plus for a year or not. And then Cobra Kai Season 1 talk. Yes, sir. All right, so if you don't mind, uh, I would love to start with uh, the Disney debate. Okay, that's fine. We can do- totally do that. All right, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in my position got it pretty much at the beginning. And now the I got a full year subscription to Disney+. Plus, uh, and I'm debating, right? Um, it's it's still a, a big amount to cash out. And with the new addition of like the premium because most movies won't go into theaters uh, and, you know, you can access them on Disney Plus, but you have to pay like 30 bucks more, I think, per movie uh, to have actually watch them. Uh, it slightly turned me off. I'll be t- I'll be honest with you. It's not, you know, you would think, especially if you take a year or something, there'll be bonuses or there'll be something, right? Or there'll be a way right. for, it, for it to be more accessible. But, you know, especially if your movie, like the reviews are not good for Mulan, right? Right. Uh, they better, like, dish out some good stuff for me to spend 40 bucks more uh, to have exclusive things, right? Which I probably have to wait, what, six months? With the reviews of Mulan, I'm not excited to see it anyway, so I'm probably just going to wait. So if they don't, you know, get out some really interesting content or they do this for every new release uh, that is, you know, worth watching and they only, like, put uh, put on Disney+, Plus. Uh, the new releases, the things you don't, you never really heard of, or you really don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, something just, just turns me off right now. 
So in other words, is you can actually get a premium package basically, and you wind up paying for the movies that you get with Disney Plus. Is the way that I'm understanding it. Yeah, but like the auto movies, they would have released in cinema, like Mulan and probably uh, Black Widow that's coming. Um, you know, instead of you know going to the to the movies or them losing uh, revenue because they're not getting uh, ticket prices. Well, instead of putting it for free on Disney Plus, they're you, you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay a premium to watch the newly exclusive would have been in cinema movies, uh, which I get. Uh, if it was an extra five bucks or something, okay, uh, you know, it's Black Widow, it's Marvel stuff, maybe Star Wars stuff, cool. But it's like forty dollars a pop. It's it's not. It's it's like bringing you know two 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 people to the cinema, three people to, uh, to the cinema, depending on where you're at and the quality of you know the 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 theater, right? So that's a right. lot for 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 movies that you know I might not you know I might want to see, but just because it's new and I don't want to wait, I I would have to pay for it. I don't know Disney. You know, it's not like these guys making a hundred dollars a month here. You know, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I totally understand that and everything because of the fact that you know with me, I the the show and that is the fact that I understand where the movie theater what the movie theaters are doing and that is the fact that they're trying to make back their money that they had lost mm-hmm. because of this pandemic that they're actually in but to pay a premium and to try and do more with the Disney plus to me that's not something that I would want to look into personally myself mm-hmm. because I like to as a consumer I like to actually have the option okay if i want to go ahead and buy or rent mulan for example i can actually buy that for uh, rent that for twenty dollars rather than rather than going ahead get the premium because if you actually think of amazon prime they actually have a way that you can actually rent these movies on amazon prime for like 20 bucks a pop and you get to keep your same amazon account the way it is and 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 even then i find it's annoying right you're Already you're paying for a service, you know, and most people don't just have one, right? After a while, when you have accumulated services, it's almost the price of what you said cost as a TV bill. And now you're adding extra $20 a pop because you want to see a specific movie that is not on their streaming service, but it's still on their service. Um, it's, it's a cash grab personally, because if you have a streaming service, raise the price overall. But don't make the consumer always pay extra if they want to see specific things, especially in Disney's case. I mean, else than Mandalorian, they don't have that much to, um, you know, except if you have have kids, which I do, but she's young, right? So it's very limited. But if you're just a normal general consumer and you want to attract those people, right, you have to give products. You have to give a catalog. Disney, as much as I love it, they have a classic catalog is a very small catalog compared to a lot of the other streaming services. So I would have thought, instead of charging a premium, yes, they take a bit of a loss uh, in the sense that you don't have movie ticket uh, sales, right? But if they put in Black Widow, Black Widow, Mulan, and any other exclusive stuff for the price of the streaming and maybe just augment two bucks per month how much uh, it would it would cost, it would attract more people than say, hey, you have to pay a streaming service fee 
Plus, you have to pay extra. Still come on our platform. For me, it, it's, it doesn't make sense if you want to attract new people. No, definitely not. It doesn't attract anything. As a matter of fact, it makes your co- consumers want to cancel their, their service for adding a premium onto the regular streaming service that you already have. Oh, let let it be said. It's not obliged, right? I, I'm not. The, I'm not doing it. So it's, it's no. not like they're forcing you to get that extra price. But I don't know. It just. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see if it stays. Uh, I, I'm, mm. Here's the thing, though, because I live in the south, right? So mm. it takes me about 45 minutes to go to the actual good theater that actually has all the movies that I want to see. Mm. So I'm going to be filling up the car for about 20 bucks. And then mm. let's say, for instance, I take my girlfriend mm. and everything. That's an, uh, that's going to be $15 between the two of us. That's just an example for movie tickets that I already reserved. Plus, we want to go out to eat, so we're going to go out to Applebee's probably. Mm. And then you're spending close to $65 already. Plus, you want to go on ahead and get popcorn and stuff like that. So you're paying close to maybe 80 bucks, 75 to $80 maybe. Mm. And so basically... For me, for someone that lives down here, twenty dollars is nothing. This is actually reasonable for me because of the fact that if you're going out and everything with your girlfriend or your wife or our kids, you're saving a lot of money by just going with the twenty dollars and buying and renting that movie. Yeah, no, the for like logistically for for certain situations, it makes sense, but. Oh, I, I'm gonna pass it this, uh, best this to you. This thought to you, John. Um, the reason why you drive 45 minutes to go see the theaters is not always just for the movie, right? No, it's for the experience. You got a a screen that you'll never fit in your house, right? Exactly. Uh, you got audio that you'll never have unless you are rich. Um, you have, like you said, restaurant. It's an event. Right. Paying twenty dollars, paying forty dollars for an exclusive movie the only difference is you're at your house yes and you know instead of watching a movie that you're getting for free or for free for um the regular price you're just paying for the exclusivity to not wait right there's no event there's no you know there's no excitement except for i hope the movie is good so I, I, I get, you know, logistically makes sense. It's a bit less expensive, but you're paying for that experience, especially if, you know, it, it, it takes you 45 minutes to drive. You know, you're, you're, you're building up to it. You right. know, it, what's the difference then to just popping on Netflix and cho- choosing a movie and popping in Disney Plus and choosing, you know, Mulan because it came out yesterday and then you had, you're 40 bucks short, you know? Exactly. I understand your point, though, too. I mean, I really do because I go for the movie-going experience. I go for the people that's in the theater that actually mm. feels the same excitement that you do and stuff exactly. like that. And, you know, I remember – this is just an example. I remember when The Force Awakens came out or I think it was uh, – either The Force Awakens came out or it was uh, – what's that other one? The the last Jedi that came out. I remember mm. feeling excited, excitement, all the way for 45 minutes. Couldn't wait to get to the movie theater because I wanted to see that movie. And I, I mean, as soon as every single uh, moment that I saw a red light, it turned green. I'm like, yes, it is destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One step so, closer. Right? So I definitely do feel that emotion, that impact of actually going to the theater and having that event. 
opposed to just sitting on the couch with my potato with my potato chips is like, yeah, I hope this movie's good. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like you can still like imagine like what you just said, right? Imagine it would be you know you would uh, go back in time and put COVID in the Force Awakens time. It would have been exciting, right? But right. imagine you'd be like, okay, I am paying forty bucks or whatever the price is, uh, and I'm gonna watch this movie, but in my own home, and I don't talk to anyone, and there's nothing, you know, and there's nothing else in the fact that I'm in front of my screen like probably every day right? right and i'm seeing a brand new movie i'm excited but it dulls down especially you know if you're not completely satisfied with the movie even you know at least if the movie was not as satisfying you say oh, at least we went out it was an event it's cool now it's like right. i feel like a couch potato even more now right <laughs> right exactly and then also to seeing the force awakens in your in your home for example, after 40 years of not having the original Star Wars mm-hmm. tr- trilogy, there's that emptiness just going on ahead and watching it on your couch because you're not celebrating it with other Star Wars fans. Yeah. Anyways, it's, uh, it is what it is. We'll see if right. it stays. I, I really hope you know that they don't abuse it. Like If it's for a couple of specific movies in the Disney Plus realm, okay, look. I probably won't ever take it unless, you know, it's very specific to my liking. But if they start doing it for every new movie or every big thing, and, you know, the only thing I'm getting for the base price is things I really don't care, they're going to lose people because I'm a diehard fan. Uh, I love Marvel. I love uh, Star Wars. National Geographic is always fascinating. But, you know, I'm going to get my money and put it to prime, you know, or uh, right. try out a new service. I'd be like, ah, I'm interested. Uh, I, I I only have four and I want to say it to four streaming services now. And, you know, instead of dropping another one, Disney's going to be my next job. If, right. if it keeps not growing their catalog and forcing me to, to pay extra. And for me, it makes no sense. Well, get this. I already dropped Disney plus I'm going to be reactivating it once, uh, the Star Wars, uh, once we actually get um, the Star Wars show back up again. Mm. That's okay. But you see, I also like the Jeff Goldblum show that's on Disney Plus, but it's not enough mm-hmm. for me to say, you know what? I think I'm going to keep Disney Plus for the Jeff Goldblum show. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> so, but you see, for the classic catalog, like from time to time, I'll put like a classic Disney, you know, just for why, why the hell not? But especially in places. You know, like in Canada or the UK or certain places that, you know, our theaters are open, okay? Uh, we can go to the cinemas with a lot less risk than maybe, let's say, the US. So uh, we wanted to go see Tenant, me and my girlfriend, uh, last week. Uh, and, and we had that possibility. So if you give me, if you have clients or, or, you know, people who take your service and have the choice of, you know, going out and spending that money and having the value for what you spend or staying at home and do nothing unless it's like minus 40 degrees Celsius and we have like seven feet of snow, which we do in Quebec. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, maybe I won't go out, but, you know, I have the choice. I'm not going to take your premium. I'm going to go out. So it might make sense for the U.S., but for Disney, U.S. is not their only market. No, definitely not, especially the overseas market is what they bank on. Yeah, and that if that overseas have theater access, 
you know, not every place. It's smart maybe to do in specific places, but not every place has that, right? So, right. I don't know. We shall see, my friend. All right, on to the next shall. subject. Okay, so you want to talk about Tenet? Um, no, Bob, I, I think we're, we're pretty loaded, to be honest. Uh, it was Cobra Kai and or right. um, the, okay. uh, the news. Okay, so we can do Cobra Kai then if you want to. All right. Um, and I, I want to get... Yeah. Uh, Okay, I want to get to you because I remember on the show you said you just don't give a fuck. So I want to know what you think of Cobra Kai, my friend. I want to know. Okay, uh, three words. I give a fuck now. <laughs> no, four words. Uh, I give a fuck now. It's, um, wow, what a surprising show. I get the hype. You, you know, sometimes you hear the hype. You're like, okay, let's see. And you watch it and you're like, really? Okay. That was the case with Cobra Kai. It it hit all the right boxes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a paint by numbers story. If it was, you know, the story of the good guy where he is now, which it is in a part, but it's not the main focus. And they were smart by doing that. They were smart to showing a different side of the story, and you know, maybe a character that was not as relatable. But there's always two sides of the coin, right? There's always two perspectives or multiple perspectives in the situation. And there's sometimes just no bad guys in this. It's just different perspectives. And this is what Cobra Kai gives you. And it's very interesting seeing a character that's struggling, right? Who doesn't have the new age mentality. He's like, you pussy. And like, you can't say that in their age. Like, you're still a pussy. Um, and and it, you don't hate him. It's like you kind of understand where he comes from. Right. Because even though he might not mean it, that whole philosophy of, you know, it might not be politica- politically correct. But people on the street don't care. They're going to jab at you. They're going to try to get your nerve any way they can. So if that annoys you and you do not solidify yourself, you run away from that. Well, you'll never get over that slump, right? Right. And I find that interesting. And the character arcs are just really well done. Not one character. Not one character is like, ah, okay, stick out like a thumb, right? They all fit. I agree with you. I agree with you on all levels of that. I love the character arcs. And then, of course, you know, you go from rooting for Daniel and the Karate Kid, then all of a sudden you go and root for Johnny and Cobra yeah. Kai. And yeah. then I love my favorite thing is the asthma part where he goes, you know what? Asthma is for <laughs> pussies. And <he's> like, <laughs> it's a I'm medical like, <laughs> condition, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, you're, you, don't, you don't have asthma anymore. It's for pussies. Throws it away. Uh, and like you said, it's that mentality, that eighties mentality of that old school of thinking, you know. Yeah, and and I mean, like we are a generation of techies. We are a generation of not like the most, you know, solid, you know, manly uh, or like, you know, just a solid mentality. We have a lot of things that you know we do put in our mind sometimes that block us. I have personally asthma myself. Uh, and, you know, I, I understand that, you know, I have asthma, I can't do this, but sometimes, you know, your brain tells you what you can't do. And just because you have a condition doesn't mean you can't do it. You just have to find right. a way to battle it, right? And push your limits. And that's what, you know, Cobra Kai is, is strike for a first, uh, strike first, not just your opponents, right. but your mental blocks, right? What you say to yourself, 
that you say you can't do it. You have to strike first and destroy that mentality. Right. And it it, it brought a light, and, and that made me wa- want to watch Karate Kid back again. And you see, I actually watched the Karate Kid a couple of months back when Netflix had all the Karate Kid movies. Mm. So I got to watch that and then go back to Cobra Kai because let's get this. I'm actually re-watching Cobra Kai for the second time again because I'm nice. introduced my girlfriend into it. Nice. So... And she's loving it. She goes, I'm not watching the second season until you come back over. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> hey. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just started season two because I'm I'm juggling a couple of shows right now. I'm trying to, to finish uh, My Hero Academy of, um, on Crunchyroll, which is an anime, right. which I've been pushing on the side for a couple of years now. So I've been watching a couple of things at the same time. But uh, I be it, it sticks in my brain. There's times I'm like, ah. I wish I, instead of working, I wish I'd be watching Cobra Cry right now, which I can't say I've I've had recently. Uh, it's been a while a show hasn't stuck in my head. Maybe last one was probably Westworld or Watchmen. Right. I can definitely see why those two shows would be in your top two pantheons of TV shows to watch because those shows are really good. And then, well, they're not they're not my top two pantheons, but they're ones like when I didn't finish the whole season or I knew next week was coming out, I'd be like, damn it, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's happening, <laughs> which it's hard for me to do because I very, have a very short attention span. So for me to, to have these flashes of like, yeah, that happened. Oh, man, I can't wait to see the re- uh, resolution, right? And, and going back home and first thing I do is open the TV and like, yeah, it's on and watch it. <laughs> The show's got to be really good for me to do that because usually I'd be like, oh, yeah, true. It's been two weeks. <laughs> My bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you see, I love Cobra Kai for what it is. You actually have Daniel, who's actually a used car salesman. You have uh, Johnny. You know, it's kind of like that high school story where you actually see your high school bully not doing so well, and here you are at rising to the top of everything mm. that you're doing. So when you see him on the street, you're like, hey, I, look at me. I made something of myself while you're out there struggling and everything. Mm. So, Yeah, and, and and also like like how much Johnny cannot get a, uh, a break, right? He's always something happening to him. There's always a bad luck. And it, he always has to rise up and understand himself because there's a fine line, right? Reopening Cobra Kai, doing that dojo um, – it's easy for him to become his master, right? Because it's a very, you know, tough and nonsensical philosophy. You can easily become, especially as a father complex, right? You can easily become your father or your sensei when you grow older. That's what it's been taught to you and you reflect that, right? Right. So it's very hard to find that balance. And I like, seeing that struggle and johnny you see there, there's times like you know he he says like you know yes punch first and everything but at the end of the tournament when his pupil does a, a dirty move you can see he's like why the hell did you do that right right he, he he is not a sensei but he can easily be because if he wants a win of all costs he might easily say like i hey, get for the legs do this do that and then realize holy shit i am becoming him right Right. And I think he is a sensei. It's just that his philosophy is a little bit different because he's learned from his sensei's mistakes. Mm. He doesn't want to follow down that path. Mm. Because don't forget, his sensei almost killed him Yeah, for getting second place. And that's something that 
I really liked about Johnny was the fact that he remembers that. He remembers that he doesn't want to go on that path. Yeah, but there is a fine line, right? People, let's say an example, um, a, a kid that lived with physical abuse, a former parent, right? He lived it or she lived it. It's traumatizing. But when they go older, when they relive those moments, some people become that, right? Because that's what they live. That's what they learn. That's what they do. And then there's other people that learn from it and grow from it, right? right. So there's very there's two sides of living in that kind of trauma and johnny you know you can see he's struggling i personally see it as he's struggling not to become it because that's what he lives and he's down on his luck right there's a lot of frustration there's a lot of anger built inside of him of him and he can easily let himself too loose and 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 you know relive the trauma of a childhood by actually doing it uh, I can't wait to see if they touch on it more in, in later season two or and or season three. Don't spoil anything. But <laughs> I'm I, not. <laughs> I, all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, so far so good. I personally, um, season one, I'm gonna give it a nine point five out of ten. I I don't blame you. I would give that I would give that show a nine point nine out of ten. That's how much I love it. But all right, all right. So let's go on ahead. I know that we wanted yeah. to talk about Tenant and also uh, Largo, choosing uh, Henry Cavill as the next James Bond. So, oh, that's what you meant by talking about Tenant. You meant the? Uh, I thought you meant uh, you meant before uh, reviewing Tenant. You no, mean, because I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't gotten. A oh, to see it. okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right, so my bad. <laughs> it's okay, but. Okay, I know it made twenty million dollars last week, and I actually yeah. did a little bit of research on this. Mm. I said that's not bad. That's not a that's not a huge numbers for a Christopher Nolan's film in a uh, COVID nineteen kind of setting. Mm. You know, for twenty million dollars, that's pretty good. But this is also is a two hundred twenty five million dollar budget, though. Yeah, that's another thing. But still, not bad. And then there's also six point seven million that it made on the second weekend, which is also a sixty six point eight percent drop. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the cinema's uh, equivalent of you know getting an injection and trying to boost up uh, something, right? Make something happen right. because Nolan is a big name. Um, I'll be straight. Tenant should have made a lot more money than it did. It sucks for the timing of Tenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, for COVID because it's not a perfect movie, but it's a movie that, you know, I personally would love to go back to see. I would love to, 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 to you know, sink my teeth into it a bit more because there's so much. And that type of movie deserve a second viewing. But now because of COVID, you know, it, there is risks and, you know, I don't know. It's like you're less, you're less wanting to go out and do things so you go to the movie once a month i, I that's what i'm planning to do once a mm. month right uh and it, it's suffering and it shouldn't suffer because it's not his best movie but it definitely deserves in the 100 million and up to be honest exactly and not only that but you also have to look at it like this though too the thing that is missing right now is the california movie theaters that's mm. closed and then you also have to look at the New York City uh, movie theaters that are also closed, which is also why it didn't make that much. Now, mm. our movie theaters are actually open down here. Okay. So I'm planning on going to see Tenant, but we also have a hurricane coming in. 
So oh. that put a damper on things for this week. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the U.S. can't get a break, huh? No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I just need to go up to Canada. <laughs> As, uh, I have a sofa. Yeah, if you need John, I have a sofa. Okay. I do appreciate that, man. I do appreciate it. Br- bring a very warm coat, though. Okay, I will. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, it made $20 million. It has the overseas box office, which is a plus. But at the same time, it also makes me sad because we're missing two other big Pantheon movie theaters from other uh, cities that people can't even go out and see the movie to actually make its money back right now. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like it or not, studio banked a lot of money on it, right? So, you know, it's going to affect the studio. I'm sure they were hoping for a bit more than a total of right now of 26-something million, you know, uh, out of 200-something million. Uh, I really hope that this performance won't affect next uh, next movie from Nolan, right? Because, uh, yeah, usually... It's better personally to give a smaller budget uh, to make sure everything doesn't go, you know, haywire. But with Nolan, for me, it's quite the contrary. Give him all the budget because right. he spends it wisely. He makes sure that that money, that two hundred twenty million, doesn't feel frivolous. Doesn't feel like really like they spend. Where did he spend their money? You know, the, the stars. What's happening? Him is like holy crap. How the hell did he do that scene? Yeah, because he spent 120 million and found a way, you know. Right. So I hope this next movie won't be like a 50 million budget, because that kind of director with that kind of philosophy in movies needs a big budget. I agree. I mean, Christopher Nolan is probably one of the best filmmakers that we have working Mm. in the business today, and it's no wonder why Warner Brothers gave him 225 dollars to actually work on for. for him to do tenant and they also trust in him and they know that he'll spend that money uh wisely like you said and to be able to fit in the scenes that he actually needs to fit in and so it's not one of those things where it's uh spliced together and hopefully it's a good movie you know you're going to get a good film out of christopher nolan yeah it, it, it's not always the most exciting or it's like what do you expect <clears throat> but there's so much layers in all of his movies right that those layers just i'm sure just the pre-production part of it costs a lot of money right because it it, like to find the philosophy in the music to find the philosophy in the writing and the characters and you know every movie of his has uh, a theme time seems to be a very general thing that Mm -hmm. nolan's obsessed about and i get it time is an interesting concept because it's you know, it's still a human concept we built out of, you know, what we understood. But time is very interesting. And he, no one else does concept movies like he does. But concept movies are hard to translate on film if you don't have the backing of a studio. Definitely. Most definitely. And another thing I want to actually bring up with the 67, uh, 6.7 million, you know, they pushed Wonder Woman back. And I forgot what other film that they pushed back and everything, but uh, I know Wonder Woman's pushed back all the way to December because of the numbers with Tenet and everything, mm-hmm. and I can't blame the studios for wanting to push it back to December. Don't forget, Aquaman opened up in December, and it did well. Mm-hmm. And and let's just hope it, it, things get better by December, which, it, you know, 
not everything's perfect, but what I'm reading and what I'm I'm thinking logically, it is colder, right? So there's less outside parties. There's less, you know, less chances for contact. So it should, you know, at least die down slightly enough to to have people say, oh, we can go out a bit, right? Right. Um, The circumstances should be hopefully better. But, you know, I've kind of feel like Tenet was the earmark to to see like okay what else should we risk you know uh is it worth spending our other 200 something million dollar movies um and a movie one movie had to do that one movie had to be the the sacrificial goal being like well this is how much we can potentially get and now they're seeing eh, we're getting 26.7 million out of a movie that we would have got 100 150 million you know so it tested the waters and the waters aren't ain't good no, so let's see. Let's see. We got the machine with the Ar- with Largo, and then we have yeah. the Jonathan Majors. Uh, so let's go on and talk about the Henry Cavill uh, thing with the AI. Yeah, it, it, it's less about the casting with me. It's more about the technology that fascinates me. Uh, because I don't know if you heard of this or if it is it's a little while back. But there was this um, AI that actually wrote a Batman script for like an animated show, like, and and it, it kind of made no sense, but it was awesome. So awesome, they actually got the voice of the animated Batman to read out the script, um, and it, it was interesting. But you know, it was just an algorithm that understood some things about Batman and f- try to find the most relevant things, then to create. A story like a synopsis, right? Right. Now, put it with casting, it analyzed who is the perfect match for a James Bond, who in you know, in actors with uh, certain careers and just personality traits would fit fit perfectly James Bond. I'm curious, like, how far can you push that technology uh, into maybe giving studios some casting ideas they would have never. Never thought, but with an algorithm that is not human, that just sees certain characteristics, maybe come up with a very original idea or or, or something that you you would not expect. I find it's fascinating that we're we're mixing technology AI algorithms with not just movie production, but just anything related to movie scripts and casting. It, 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 it's pushing to the um, in a way that I never would have thought of. Same here as well. It's just crazy how fast technology is actually growing, and to know mm. that this machine picked Henry Cavill to be the next Bond, it's just yeah. crazy. On especially whenever you look at all the filmographies of every single actor, and then all mm. of a sudden he just the AI just picks Henry Cavill, and don't forget Henry Cavill also auditioned to be Superman, uh, not Superman, but uh, James Bond at one time. Yeah, he did. But which is funny, he's not the highest uh, pick. He is the highest pick in the British realm because they, they did a couple of, like, um, dissections, right? The first dissection is what you they usually go with is usually ha- you're not British or you're not, you know, UK. You ain't got a shot. What, for me, the most interesting um, thing is, is, you know, he's at 92.3 um you know, match, let's just say, for the James Bond. But let me just get the, the other stats here. Okay. I, I want to know uh, something. How do they actually analyze each little thing that they do? 
You see, uh, the 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 thing I saw wasn't the same thing I sent you. There was more. Um, there was more stats. Uh, so I'm just gonna go off of, of uh, memory. But they um, they basically, well, the AI basically analyzes the personality traits of the actor. Of the, it would they would go in interviews the way he spoke, his um, his you know answers. Uh, they would try to get a pattern wave of who the person actually is and also the filmography and would you know crunch all that information and get a statistic value <clears throat> to who is James Bond you know if he was a real life person so and then you would compare and then match and percentage wise the most surprising one if I'm not mistaken I think it was like at 95% in the non-British actors was Carl Urban Oh wow! I could actually see that though, especially watching but the voice. But but he's not British. No, but that's interesting. It, it is interesting if you actually think about it, though. I mean, I th- I find that really interesting that it shows Carl Urban though. Yeah, for and for the females, uh, because he did a Jane Bond uh, like type of uh, calculation as well. Gina Carano was actually at ninety seven percent. Oh wow. That's just mind-boggling. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it's it's interesting because you can go so many ways. Eldris Alba uh, for the UK stats was actually third. Uh, second one, I I forgot the name. Um, it wasn't Army Hammer. Uh, Army Hammer. It was someone else. Okay. Um, but you know, Eldris Alba personally, I think should get it mm-hmm. uh, because it make a difference. But I never would have considered Henry Cavill, but it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does, especially when he made The Man from Uncle, which is a highly underrated film that didn't do well yeah. at the box office. Yeah. And it was such a good film. And, you know, I could actually see why they would actually do that, maybe because of The Man from Uncle and everything. And Henry is definitely an interesting choice. He's actually someone that I would actually pick. And so would Idris Alba because of diversity. But not just that's the thing. Most people say, "Oh, you pick Idris Elba because he's black or he's no. Afri- uh, African uh, UK." Like, I love no. his acting. I love his acting it, ability. It, yeah, and there's something about his eyes, his stare. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one else does that. You know, holy shit, something's about to get, get down. Stare than Idris Elba. There's <laughs> he is so intense, but could become so suave, so classy. Mm-hmm. And you know he's got the build. You know he's got you know the, the, the action, yeah. the charisma, but the action, um, the action chops to follow as James Bond. Whereas Henry Cavill, you know, for me is very interesting, and I love the choice. But at the same time, it's very cookie cutter of what we've seen before, right? Right. Um, and and it it would make an interesting because Henry Cavill is you know it can be intense, but he doesn't have the same intensity as, let's say, a uh, elbow or even Carl Urban. Carl Urban, you can't get more intense than that, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> Especially when you look at him on the bull on the boys, Judge Dredd. Mm. And oh, was, Judge Dredd, I love. Judge Dredd is such an underrated film, and I love it. Uh, I, I all personally say like it, 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 he he should get his own Netflix mm-hmm. and, and or Amazon series, honestly, because underrated. 
but as well uh, over, it's very appreciated for an underrated movie. It's a cult classic, definitely. in my opinion. It definitely is a cult classic, if you actually think about it. When you look at the budget, when you look at the grossing, when you look at how many people love that film and not that many people actually seen that movie. Yeah. And everything. And I have to say, it's a great cult classic movie. Yeah, because like George Dredd did COVID nineteen uh, numbers in a non COVID nineteen <laughs> right. era, and that's bad. It really is. All right, so. but yeah, um, it's it's it just I just find it fascinating, like how much we can push the technology uh, before technology AI stuff like that was used for you know the computer graphics and generating things. Right now we're 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 using it to think, to cast, to analyze. And and that's kind of scary if you think about it. It really it, is. It means that you know the AI algorithm is starting to understand humans and behavior patterns. <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> uh, it's just I always said uh, Matrix is just another way to say Google. But anyways, that's just me. Right. So our last topic, we actually have Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country. He's actually yep. going to be. On, in a major role for Ant-Man 3 for Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Eh, I mean, I'll be straight. I'm not that big of a fan of Batman. Uh, the first one was cute, if I can be nice. Uh, it, it, it wasn't like, wow, I couldn't, you know, I can't imagine that you know, I, I have to see another Ant-Man movie soon, and that was an awesome villain. And us, it it was funny. It had its charm, but it didn't blow me away. The second one, don't even ask me to to, to recap the the story. I I really don't give a shit. I mean, it's mean it tried. You mean to tell me you didn't like the ant playing on the drums? What and being on house arrest? <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean. I get what you were trying to go for, mm-hmm. but it did not resonate with me. At is it probably Ant Man is my least favorite movie, um, Marvel franchise, uh, Marvel movies, right? It just does not speak. But you introduce Kang. He is not the biggest villain, but he might be what Ant Man needs because Ant Man suffers from very poor villains mm-hmm. it, 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 they're, they're just there to drive the story but there is no levels i don't know this actor it, i've been wanting to watch uh lovecraft country oh it's for, such a good show yeah I've, I've heard a lot of good things and i find it interesting because if if gang you can do so many things as long as it's not a one-dimensional this movie is about the hero not the villain philosophy again because that's what you know, Thor and 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 Ant Man is suffering a lot of the times. If they actually dive deep, I'm happy. So I'm I'm less excited about the actor. I'm more excited about what Ant Man needs to be injected for me to actually give a fuck. Right, I understand. And for me, I'm thinking of like an Indiana Jones kind of character because that's exactly how he is to me mm. because you're introducing time travel you can actually do time travel with this character mm. and you can also introduce fantastic four with this character as well with reeve richards yeah and but i i hope if they introduce fantastic four 
I really, really hope it is not just a cameo. Make them part of the story. Make them part like they're, they're introducing the multiverse soon, right? Right. Make make them part like they just escape from another universe, uh, and you know it, it's your first glimpse, a real glimpse. If you don't take uh, like the whole twist from Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home, or no, yeah, Far From Home, um, but. You bring like not the Reed Richards or the Fantastic Four that we're gonna see on on screen eventually, but an alternate, right? Um, do something interesting with those characters. Uh, make us excited for Fantastic Four, but don't just be like, "Hey, we're there." Hey, make them part of the story because that's what Ant Man needs. And it needs excitement. It needs supporting characters that we actually care. Because I'm sorry. Uh, like the the um, the the characters that are in Aman One Two are almost offensive. Like st- they're stereotypical, right? <laughs> they're, to, me, it's, it's... to me, they're very paint by the numbers, especially with the villains. Yeah. Very one dimensional. Yeah, and, and Kang is not. If you play him correctly, he can be a very interesting character. Uh, and Fantastic Four are, uh, you know, the first family of uh, of, of comics. So you got a potential so much depth, but I really hope they dive into that deepness because Ant-Man needs to be the third Ant-Man. As much as the third tour needed to be lighter and funnier and something more accessible, Ant-Man needs to be a lot more deeper than Ant-Man 3. It, ha- it has to hit a chord. It has to... To pull your strings, be like you're going in to maybe have a couple of laughs, and you go out there, be like, "What just happened?" You know, I want that effect, and I, I it might happen with Kang, but they have to go that way. They have to change it up somehow, and not give us the fluff they've been giving us before. I agree with you on that because this, even though I liked the second Ant Man, I didn't love it. I liked it. You know, mm. I felt like the. Uh, the person that they, the villain that they actually chose, was very one-dimensional on that as well. And oh, you don't, yeah. there's no layers to either one of those villains. There's no motivation. There's no. Mm. They're just, they are just like you said, just to drive the story. With this, I want an Indiana Jones kind of story where he actually travels to Egypt, and he's trying to put an end to F Seven Air, which is actually the apocalypse. Hmm. Or something on that level, and he winds up becoming just as evil as he is. Yeah, it's again like there's there's so much philosophy you can you can dive, and you know we know we can get a really interesting Ant Man movie because I enjoy Ant Man in the Avengers movies. Mm. They use them the 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 the, uh, the brothers use them really well in the Avengers. Most definitely, yes, 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 his comedy side. But there is dramatic moments. You're like, whoa, this is awesome, you know, which you don't get in the Ant-Man movies. And they, they really have to start, like, taking notes on how he's being used in the Avengers and, you know, what the potential drama you can bring, you know. Give us an Ant-Man movie that actually will affect certain movies to come because Ant-Man right now has zero ripple. You know, there's a lot of, you know, in Iron Man, Thor, whatever happens in those movies actually comes back or actually has effect on the Marvel Universe. Ant-Man is a blip. What happens really doesn't give a, you know, doesn't relate to anything else happening in the Marvel world. No. It's his own separate entity, if you actually think about it, without any concept of what's going on with the Avengers. 
Exactly. And, and that's a problem to me. Uh, yes, not everything can be interconnected. But if it's that insignificant, like there's no significance as else on the fact that he's gone because of, you know, he's not in this particular movie because he's doing his thing. Is that's the only ripple effect? You, he, he has no impact, and Kang could have definite impact, especially for bringing Fantastic Four into the Marvel world. You, the events in your movie is gotta transpire in other movies. Mm-hmm. He could be just as good as Killmonger from uh, Black Panther if you actually allow oh. him to be. Oh yeah, oh man. But uh, I, by the way, you said this was the last story. I thought you sent me the Kane's Chronicle, Netflix adapting Rick uh, Riordan's trilogy novel into film. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to dive into that or not, so I didn't put that in there. Uh, yeah, you did. Well, I mean, I didn't put it. In, that's why I kind of oh. Just laid it oh, down since we were doing Cobra Kai and the other stuff. But if you want to, we can dive into it real quick. Yeah, because I have absolutely no idea what this is, but uh, I'm guessing you know what this is, so maybe you can try and explain it to me. Yeah, this is actually the Percy Jackson stuff that they're actually working on on Netflix. Oh, is it a continuation of the movie or is it its own entity now? It's going to be its own story without any connection to the actual movies, because don't forget, the movies didn't really do that well in the movie theaters, wasn't well received. So mm. they're actually doing a TV series off of it, and Netflix is, I think, is going to be the ones that are going to be the front runners to actually do it. But like, honestly, I didn't know this was the Percy Jackson franchise, but um, I'm happy because although it wasn't that much enjoyable, uh, it is you know not enough to be my top ten guilty pleasures. It is still a guilty pleasure. I still watch it from time to time. Uh, uh, sorry, Alexis Bledel was also one of the reasons, but hey, um, <laughs> but uh, not Alexis Bledel, but uh, the, the the actress with the eyes. Um, but it is still enjoyable. Like the concept is cool. It was like running on the fumes of Harry Potter and you know mm-hmm. the whole teen thing, but given in the right hands and given in the right philosophy that they want to bring it in, this could be an awesome awesome uh, TV show or content because there's a lot of things you can work with Greek mythology and the gods and everything. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, bring in better special effects and better writing. Not, you know, you're not aiming to get big high score uh, um, box office. So you just generalize and make it poppy ish and just attract uh, um, clients. Right. Um, right. Netflix is, is for people who, you know, you, you get the, the hardcore fans or you get people that really want to spend, you know, 10 hours of their life watching this, you got to produce mm-hmm. content. And I find it has a lot of potential. I'm excited for it. I'm a sucker for Greece mythology and also Egyptian mythology and stuff like that. Mm. So this is at my level. Not only that, but in the report, it also said that they've been working on this since last October, about the same time we started working on Percy. So. Okay. All right. Okay. But yeah. Um. It I, again. The the one thing I'm afraid will happen is uh. What was that show? Uh, originally, the movie was Lily Collins, uh, City of Bones, Mortal Instruments. Yep, that's it. The Netflix show is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the Netflix show is horrible, and the. Only reason why I like the movie is I have a lifelong crush on Lily Collins, uh, but the movie's horrible. 
but you would think Netflix gets their their hold on you know and still an interesting concept, and they make it even more you know flashier and very empty and like the beautiful people movie uh, show you know right. i really hope they don't do the beautiful people version of you know kane and or percy jackson because i'm reading it i think the the percy jackson is actually the disney plus uh okay. kane chronicles is uh it's the same uh, writer i've not believe uh, not mistaken yeah but doing okay. on the side of the egyptian mythology okay thanks for correcting me on that okay so it's it's basically uh, it, that's interesting actually. It's basically Netflix ref- response to Disney Plus. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, I remember actually reading something like that, but thank you for actually correcting me on that. Hey, um, no problem, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like the idea that they actually did like a call to action kind of thing with Disney. Like, okay, mm. so you have your Percy Jackson, so let's go on here and bring out the Crane Chronicles, and. I also like the fact that they've been working on this since October. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder, especially the series, right? Like, what's the approach with COVID now? Especially you're, you're making, like, probably a high-budget thing. So, yeah, you got green screens and everything. But it, it's got to be an interesting concept doing a TV show in our day and age. Um and, like it or not, especially with youth characters, uh, you know, I'm sorry, young people are dumb sometimes. Like, it, it I'm not like, well, I'll be straight. Like, when I heard news uh-huh. of like young people doing COVID parties, meaning, ah, oh, you're you have COVID, right. let's have a party and get infected, it's only young people who do that, shit, you know, like, exactly anyone who's mature saying, like, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea, but in someone's brain, it's like, this is brilliant, that only comes from usually youth, okay. So you have right. a bunch of young actors. That could be interesting. Like they're, they're probably writing things in their clauses that saying you, no parties, no contacts, no this. Is like you know, there's penalties if you do, because something's got to hold them. You know, in Together. order exactly in right. order. If not, it's gonna be a free for all. Right, exactly. And I like the fact too that it could be unknown casting for mm. young people. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for unknowns whenever it comes down to that. Because every single day is a chance to actually get your face known for something. Yeah, and, and like, the younger generation, um, you know, you got your classic actors. You got really good actors. But every generation brings uh, an angle, uh, an experience that, you know, the older generation uh, might not live by, right? So they, they, they can bring something interesting to a part. So by letting chances to young actors with different uh, viewpoints on things uh, really, really pushes the envelope of what we're going to see in the next 20, 40 years if we don't destroy our, our planet or ourselves, you know, uh, because if that, if no one's alive, what's the purpose of, of actually making movies? <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, right. yeah. So, all right. Feels back to be uh, feels good to be back, John. I'm glad to actually have you back, man. It's you've been missed. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Well, um, huh? well like uh, like um, when I plugged in your show, <clears throat> uh, your uh, movie lovers night on Schmodown Nine Canada. Like uh, like I said, the soda. I almost feel like part of the so uh, part of the furniture sometimes in um, in your podcast. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad that you feel a part of the furniture, man, because you're definitely to me. You're you are the show as well as Tamika. So you guys are are always welcome. And I can't wait to to be back on with Tamika. I actually watched uh, John Wick uh, three with Kiki recently, so. <laughs> she'll be pleased i'll tell her <laughs> all right but my girlfriend um, says uh, no she can have not have her babies it's gonna be her babies i i can't blame her on that <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's something else i wanted to go over real quick too before we sign off i actually have someone that actually left me a review oh off off the apple podcast this is what i do sometimes that people are leaving me comments and stuff like that on the reviews i usually give them a shout out especially if they're other podcasters okay cool so curtis from listen listen (laughs) from the uk actually dropped this it's a five stars he goes the movie lovers unite podcast is an entertaining interesting and overall great show the host has has great interviews with his guests i definitely recommend taking a listen Thank you so much, Curtis. I do appreciate you taking the time out to actually go on ahead and give me a comment on the show. I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. And, of course, I also like your show, Listen, Listen. If you guys don't know what Listen, Listen is, it's just a small eight-minute little gag comedy show that they actually do with different voice impressions and stuff like that. If you're into that, go on and check out Listen, Listen. Yeah. No, I've never heard about it, but I'm definitely going to check it out now. Thank you, John. You're welcome. All right, and so. on my side, don't forget, if you haven't, you know, subscribed and or just listened to a couple podcasts, go on Schmoes on North. You can find us at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Anchor, on Spotify, anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. And if you're a fan of the Schmodown, if you know what that is, go check Schmoes on North, the YouTube side. We have interviews. We do match um, descriptions and or analysis on every match that comes out. And right now we're busy as hell. So there's a lot of content to watch. Click subscribe. Don't forget to watch. And of course, guys, you guys can also check us out at movieloversunite.com. And not to mention, you guys can listen to this show wherever you may get your podcast at. Another thing, too, is on September 21st, I'm going to be having uh, Crichton Hobbs on the show with me. We're actually going to be doing a little Halloween type of episode, reviewing The Conjuring. We're also going to be talking about Halloween decorations and stuff like that on how to decorate your Halloween for Halloween and stuff. Nice. And on the 20th, thank you. And then on the 23rd, I actually have Nicole coming back on the show we're going to be doing a tribute to jim henson himself for his birthday so we're going to be doing that all right can't wait to hear that man thank you man i do appreciate it and i appreciate you being here again and as always until next time bye bye bonsoir